Hey, open your Bibles up, if you would, to 2 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, that's where I was just at, 2 Peter, chapter 2, verse 7. We will get to 2 Corinthians in just a moment, but uh, I want to just start here, and then we'll, we'll jump into the message for the day. So glad you guys are here, and uh, glad to be together worshiping the Lord, and Lord, I just pray that you would bless the reading of your word today, and us talking about the scripture, and uh, just what you have for us in this new year, in Jesus' name, amen. So, Second Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, now to you who believe, this stone is precious, okay, so I'm going to... But those who do not believe the stone, the builders rejected, has become the capstone. I want to just focus on that first little bit of the verse there. To you who believe, this stone is precious. And uh, I don't know when that first hit me. I don't know if it's hit you like that before that particular verse. But it's one of those verses where you see that and you go, wow, there's something that happens when we believe in the goodness of God revealed in Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us. And it's like Jesus becomes the treasure. He becomes the treasure of our lives that's better than every other treasure or every other allurement or every other allegiance or every other thing that we could possibly hold up as something that we want to pursue in our lives. Jesus Christ is the treasure of all treasures. Every now and then I just set you guys up for an amen time. That was one of those. And so here we are at the beginning of the year. 2015, a year filled with possibilities, a year filled with opportunities, a year filled with all kinds of, you know, decision points where we're going to do the right thing, sometimes we're going to blow it, say the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, act out the wrong thing, a year where there's going to be the grace of God to cover us and to draw us and woo us closer and closer but as, uh, as we think about the new year, one of the ways that, uh, that we focus and we think about what's most important, you know, is by looking at Jesus. And um, so I want to talk about Jesus today. Um, so I was asking Kim the other night, I said, uh, so where do you want to, what, where, what would you like to see happen in our lives by the end of 2015? Isn't that a great question? What do you want to see happen? What do you want to, what new things do you want to see, what, what breakthroughs do you want to have, what, what areas of, do you want to see overcoming faith in, what areas of work or family do you want to see a breakthrough, different kind of relationship with your kids or with your wife than you currently have, all those different kinds of things are possibilities. Where do you want to see development, spiritual growth, maybe different situation at work, those kinds of things. And there's so many different ways to think about what's important, but as Christians, it's always going to be connected to Jesus Christ. We can't get away from our connection to Jesus because He is our life. Not just in some figurative kind of sense. He is our very life. And so it's going to be connected to Jesus. He is our treasure. He is our hope. He is our life. He is the lover of our souls. And once you see Him... Well, it's awesome. It's the best. 
Walking with Jesus is the best. In Christ, there is forgiveness of sins for all that you've ever done or all that you will do. He forgives. He's good. In Christ, there's freedom from bondage, from being chained up in the darkness. If anybody's ever been there, and you can remember what that's like. In Christ, there's life. If you've ever experienced death and hell on earth, then you know what I'm talking about. In Christ, it's a new day. And there's a fresh start. 2015 can be very different from 2014 if you experienced a rough time in 2014. There's new hope for all of us. Praise the Lord. And this relationship with God also comes with a relationship with others. And giving that love to others, as we receive God's love, we give that love to others. It means knowing God and being known by God, and then giving that love to others. The New Testament says this in so many ways. Jesus says, look to me. And when people look to me, and I'm lifted up in their hearts, not just certainly on the cross, but when I'm lifted up, I'm going to draw men to God. From every tribe and language and nation and tongue, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And like this verse we just read here, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. And I love even, I think that's just a great way to, to have a spiritual conversation. When did Jesus become precious to you? The treasure to you? And it's really a good, I mean, because if He's not the treasure... If he hasn't become the treasure, then it's like there's something more we need to believe that we haven't yet believed. Because it means there's an idol in our life that has taken a higher place in treasuring than Jesus. And so when did Jesus become the treasure in your life? It's really a way of going, when did you get saved? When did you really give your life to Jesus? Is when he became the treasure in life. Does that make sense? So Jesus is the priority. Colossians 2, 6 says, just as you received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live in Him. He's the priority. Knowing Him, following Him, walking with Him. And here's the challenge. We all leak. I leak. You leak. We all leak. We, uh, we get distracted. We get spiritual... ADHD, whatever, you know, we, 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 you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like turning on the computer and then you get distracted for why you went on there. And of course, nobody else does this besides me. <laughs> and I'll walk away, literally leave the room and go, I, I went in and then I'll remember later why I went in there, but I got distracted on the way. And, the, and so that's like life in a way. And we're called to look to Jesus and to follow him. And what happens is when we leak and get distracted and all that, if we get off from looking to Jesus, even if it's just a little bit, over time, you know, we've, we're really starting to, to, there needs to be some calibration to Jesus Christ. So that's what we want to do here. We're talking about, in this series, for three weeks here, establishing priorities, and this one is the personal priority. It's where establishing priorities becomes really important because of this focus thing. It can create problems in our lives. Where am I going? What do I want my life to look like at the end of 2015? And I know I won't be there, 
But I know that my end goal of being conformed to the image of Christ, I want to be closer to that goal. And so, let's pretend like, I use this phrase from time to time, up and to the right. That means growth on a kind of a, a graph or whatever. Now, I realize, we all realize that, that life isn't all just... Uh, you remember the yodeling thing on uh, The Price is Right? It, it, <laughs> You know, it just, and it's just, that's straight up and to the right. That's not in my notes. That's straight up and to the right. Imagine it's more like up, there's some trials and hard things, and then up, and trials and hard things, and stuff, just, I'm frustrated, and I'm struggling, or whatever, and then up, and so, but the, the big picture in our life is, I mean, that's what you see in the big picture because we're being conformed. Everybody's working with me. It's good. Yeah. Kim just goes, Matthew has no idea what you're talking about. So, it's a joke for old people. It's a show that ran on TV for about 40 years. I watched it when I was a kid. TV was limited back then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> so, the, my point is being conformed to the image of Christ. We're being transformed. We're being conformed. And so, where am I at now? I have to look at that goal and go, where am I at now? What needs to happen in my life? You know, where are the growth places that I want to see happen? I, it's up and down. I make mistakes, but there's grace. And we make progress by grace. What do I need to do to move forward? And if I'm going to move toward that goal, I have to make good decisions. So all through 2015, everybody's going to be confronted with a whole bunch of decisions. And they're decisions to do the right thing, decisions to not do the wrong thing, decisions to follow Jesus, decisions to say no where we need to say no. And all of that is part of this process of us being shaped and conformed to the image of Christ. And so this is the personal priority that I'm talking about here, number one. And so if I'm going to boil this down to a sentence, it's this. In 2015, God wants the priority of Jesus in our lives to lead to yes and no decisions that will lead us ever closer and more conformed to His image. Does that make sense? So there's yes decisions... And there's no decisions. And let's talk about that. We'll break it down that way this morning. First of all, that means saying yes to life in Christ. Yes to life in Christ. So back to the, now we're back to the, the uh, Corinthians passage. And I'll read a little bit more than I, I read over the Duplichines. Uh 2 Corinthians 1, verse 18. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So, the point here is, if we're going to start 
making right decisions, we've got to learn where the right decision ultimately is, and it's in Jesus. God has said His yes is in Jesus Christ. That's where the yes is. It's like, if you can imagine, the, the ground of God's yes is right here in Jesus. Okay? And where, you know, that's where God's blessing is, that's where God's favor is, that's where we want to live life. And so we want to, as much as we possibly can, live life right here in the yes that's in Jesus, as opposed to off here, out here doing our own thing. Does that make sense? So we want to live in the yes. God's yes is in Christ. And so that's where the life is, that's where the love is that we long for, that's where the hope, the peace, the joy, all the things that we long for as a living, meaningful, productive, fully human lives that are making a difference on the earth. That's where the yes is. It's in Jesus. There is an exchange that is made in Christ. All that we are for all that He is in us. And yet... Even in that oneness, we don't lose who we are. Lori doesn't stop being Lori. You know, Grant doesn't stop being Grant. But yet, we get his life and we share and participate in his life with him. We pray for peace. We pray for patience. We pray for love. But you know what we need? is Jesus. You know, it's not just, you know, God, give me a peace shot today. I need his life. I need... His peace, His patience, not just kind of tweaking the dial up in my own capacity, in my own strength. I need the life of Jesus. Does that make sense? He is the beginning and the middle and the end for us. First uh, Corinthians 1.30 says He is wisdom from God for us. That is our righteousness, getting started, being right with God. Our sanctification, our holiness, the middle, the journey, all the stuff of following Jesus on a daily basis. And He is our redemption. He is bringing us all home, making things right in the end, coming again to make things right on, in heaven and on earth. And uh, so He is the whole journey. So Christ is where God's yes is at. And the second part of that passage there is that we experience that yes in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's going to be a focus for us this year in 2015 as we start moving forward into the year. We really feel like we're supposed to focus some on what is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives in leading us into the power of being able to do what God's calling us to do and be as His people. You know, to see spiritual gifts function in our midst. To see uh, spiritual fruit being produced in our lives to have courage to be on the mission and, and to be full and filled with God's presence. You know, and this spirit that He gives us, it's like when you experience the power and the life and the presence of God by His Holy Spirit, it's like something that can't be taken away from you. You know, and if somebody were to say, you know, Dennis, you have to deny Christ because these things aren't true over here. And Dennis would say... No, I'm not going to do that. I have an experience of God that can never be taken away by the power of the Holy Spirit. God has made the reality of who He is real in my life. And so we're going to be saying that over and over in different ways throughout the year. Does that make sense? Practically, um, it means orienting, you know, getting, finding this yes in Jesus means orienting life to Jesus Christ, pointing our lives to Him and letting the Holy Spirit lead us closer and closer, which is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. 
It's to take the things that are of Jesus and make them known to us. So we want to be moving in that direction. That means looking for the yes in Christ every single day. So let me give you a few practicals here. Number one, write this down, please. Spend time with Jesus every morning. Okay, I've said this for years, but it's the most important thing I could say as a pastor to just encourage people. Is It's like um, I could say something and give you a few truths, but if you will spend time with Jesus every single morning, it's like you learning how to fish yourselves rather than just having somebody tell you something, right? And somebody says, well, man, that sounds heavy. I feel like a big burden now. i got to go spend time with Jesus. No, don't think about it like that. It's, it's, it's a joy to spend time with the Lord. And uh, we need the, the filling and the food and the, the drink that only comes and satisfies our souls as we spend time with Him. Now, it can look lots of different ways. There's not just one way to do it. And I would encourage you, if you're not doing it, just start with 15 minutes in the morning. Just Just get up 15 minutes earlier in order to do your deal, your routine. Or maybe you need 30 minutes. Some of you really like to spend an hour. Whatever that is, you have to kind of orient life around uh, around making that a priority. It's like a big rock that has to get into the jar. But it can be things like um, reading Scripture, reading the Bible. It can be things like praying. It can be things like praying the Bible. You know, and, and if you like, the, the key is to connect our hearts to Jesus morning by morning by morning by morning. And it's like it calibrates us to the yes that's found in Jesus Christ. If you don't know, a, like, where do I go? I mean, right there's a good place. Pray that passage that we're reading right now. Pray 2 Corinthians 4. Pray 2 Corinthians 5. Pray John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Any of those chapters, they're, they're awesome. You know, and you pray, and you won't be able to pray a whole chapter. If you start praying scripture like this, you know, and for no matter how many promises God's made, they are yes in Christ. I mean, if you start praying that back to the Lord, it's like He will release all kinds of just insight and important things that you need to be knowing and thinking about. A lot of times, when I get stuck on a sermon or I don't know how to, you know, take it to the next step, if I'll just start praying it. I'll be literally walking in my office or early in the morning and walk in there praying a passage and it's like this stuff starts coming. I can't even like finish praying the passage because ideas and it's like the Lord starts speaking to us. So spending time with Jesus, Scripture, prayer, Scripture and prayer together, worship, you know, and I ask people a lot of times, hey, think about what is the fastest way that you connect with the Lord in the mornings? If it's worship, do that. If it's prayer, do that. If it's time in the Word, do that. You know, because you can dilly-dally a lot of times and get distracted pretty quick in the morning from actually the purpose of why you came in there in the first place, which was to spend time with the Lord. You know, so, uh, and there are, there are time warps early in the morning that you want to avoid. I've joked about that for years. But I, I discovered those a long time ago, and I've lost many moments staring at the wall or staring <laughs> off into space early in the morning. So go ahead and just go for it. Get in His presence as quickly as possible. And what that sets us up for, number two, is abiding in Christ. 
So if I want to live life in the yes that's found in Christ, then I, I, want, to, I want to abide in Him all day long. John 15, 5 says you know, that, that we're to abide in Him and He will abide in us. And apart from Him, we can do nothing. So it's, this, it's not just a little thing, it's a huge thing. And I, one of the things that's helped me down through the years is to make a goal out of the hours that are in a day of trying to spend just a focused turning to the Lord in every hour of the day. You know, and so I'll do, uh, my, wherever my phone is right now, uh, I'll, I'll uh, uh, do special appointments on a couple days a week usually. Just, and I'll have those, my, my phone will be buzzing. I could be in a meeting with somebody and I'll know what that buzz is about in my pocket. You know, it just means turn to the Lord right now. It used to say Jesus, a little appointment to say Jesus. Right now it says ATL, which is just acknowledge his presence, offer thanksgiving, listen. ATL. Acknowledge his presence, offer thanksgiving, and listen. So those would be a couple of just practical ideas. I do in my time with the Lord, and I encourage you guys to get to a place where you ask some questions of the Lord about your day. Lord, what's, what's my next step here in this area of life? What's my next step with this, this meeting? I, I have so much more confidence going into meetings or whatever I've got going on, having some sense of what the Lord's saying to me about that rather than just kind of, do, 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 you know, just walking in and, you know, hey, try this, here's an idea. But if I've got something from God, it just it gives me more encouragement and hope, right? Um, here's a thing I've been doing the last couple weeks. I was listening to this guy and... Uh, he was asked, how do you turn inward, just how do you listen inwardly to the Lord? And he said, well, it's like this. It's like, have you ever, y'all ever heard a sound in the middle of the night, like in another part of the house, or the apartment or whatever, and it kind of freaked you out, you know, and you're laying there in bed and you're like, really listening harder. Maybe even, you know, your wife, Jamie, go, go see what it is, you know. And, okay, you know, <laughs> I don't have a baseball bat, but, you know. I don't know what I'd do with it. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm going in there. I'm going in there, and I'm, real, I'm like super listening really hard, right? Like, and, and my heart's beating kind of fast, and I'm, it's almost like I'm, I'm trying to any kind of possible sound. And he said, that's the way we're supposed to listen to God. But I mean, that really connected with me. It's like, and so last few weeks, I've just been trying to listen. I'll walk outside even and just... Now I hear traffic from the Chisholm Trail parkway that got built behind us. <laughs> but besides that, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to listen. Really, really listen. It's good. You know, the Lord is, breaks through the, the busyness and our hectic schedules and all, all of that when we'll... Take time, you know, to listen. Uh, one, one final thought here. I've got an old friend. I was reading an update from him this past week. And he, he said, quote, No one gets a hall pass from learning obedience. And he was talking about Hebrews 5, 7 and 8, where it says, Even Jesus learned obedience through what He suffered. And so, you know, no matter what happens in 2015, there's, there's no pain-free, trial-free promises made to anyone. Jesus learned obedience through what He suffered. 
He went through hard times in order to stay connected to God and obedient to His Father. And we will be led forward and more conformed to the image of Christ along the same path. Okay? Good news? <laughs> Amen. All right. All right, second piece. So saying yes to life in Christ, that's one of the decisions. And then the other one, that means saying no to life away from Christ. Life away from Christ. Turn to uh, Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. So, there's a yes decision that we're going to be faced with as, as we establish priorities, and there's a no decision. There's not, those aren't singular, those are plural. There's yes decisions and there's no decisions, right? And um, so God's grace comes to us. And this grace that's appeared to us in the form of this wonderful, great salvation teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to worldly passions, to... Uh, to, to sin, you know? And so we, uh, you know, when we think of uh, passion, a lot of times, actually, passion's kind of been redeemed in the last 20, 30 years in, the, in Christian circles. We think of passion for Jesus, but a lot of times in the New Testament, passion is like a consuming thing that pulls us away from God, you know, like a sin kind of thing in our lives. So ungodliness it teaches us to say no to things that pull us away from life in Christ, this grace and this salvation. And it teaches us to say no to worldly passions. So those would be things that become idols or become uh, obsessions, that become uh, sin, because it, it, it could even be something that's good that takes on a new kind of level of uh, uh, being consumed with it you know, in our lives, whatever it is that's, that's going on there. So something that is just straight up, you would know like that's wrong, that's evil, or it could be something that is started out as good and has become a passion in our lives that's pulling us away from God. Okay, so you're like, wow, what are you talking about? I can't even imagine anything that would be like that right now. So um, how about our phones? <laughs> How about um, our, our social media? be another good one. You know, I have not re really been big on Facebook in general, but uh, there have been a few times over the holidays where I just had some extra time, and I've just found myself kind of drifting into this habit of checking Facebook a little more. And it's weird because it's, it's mostly not news that's going to be life-changing or world-impacting to me. And I've, I'll, and it's like, like it, I've shared the story about in my quiet times, staring at a at a spot on the wall, 
catatonic, you know, it's like time's gone. Well, and that's kind of like Facebook sometimes. You know, just uh, do this and like, whoa, 20 minutes is gone. 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 And it wasn't like I got a big download of wisdom for that investment of time, right? And uh, so again, it's not, not necessarily evil. I mean, out of the 656 friends that I have, <laughs> I think there probably is some dark stuff. And there, and occasionally I'm like, "What in the world, you know?" And like, I don't want to see that anymore. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that a good example that worked for everybody, sorta. Um, everybody's all the Facebook people are like, "Pick on somebody else." <laughs> but think about it like this: if you have struggles in a particular area, whatever that is. If you have a struggle, a sin struggle in an area, then you don't do things that are going to go down the road and lead to that. So, you know, I mean, if you got, you're trying not to do this thing that was dragging you down into the pit over here, then don't hang out with friends that are going to lead you down into doing this thing that's going to drag you down into the pit over here. Okay, or what you know, whatever. I mean, it could be don't go to don't go to. I used to have to talk about a computer. Don't go to your iPad or your phone or you know what or all the tablet or all the different ways that you can access things that can drag you down, or just be a dis, dis, distraction from the things that that we need to be doing. And that's why the next part of that verse says, "So live a self-controlled life. Be self-controlled." Live a godly life, a self-controlled, upright, godly life. Be looking for Jesus. Jesus redeemed us from that kind of stuff, wickedness, and purified us in order that we would be His people, the, the people of God that God always wanted to have, that He would be our God, we would be His people, and that we would be eager to do what points to Him and shows how good He is and shows what His life is like. So the choice here is saying no. And it's, it's important, like it is important to say yes to Jesus, saying no to things that drag us away from Jesus. It's, it's important in the same way. And you could think about this as being kind of like a river. Or maybe the river's up to being conformed to Christ, but it's like a river. And so yes is a river bank, and no is a river bank. And I want to stay in those in between those ways so that the life of Jesus can flow through me. And that's what we want for us as a people here. We want to say yes to things that lead to life in Jesus Christ and no to things that don't. And depending on your background, you know, struggling with the no uh, and being able to say no may be hard to hear that. And that's, that's why I want to say just a word here about discipline and about spiritual disciplines. So right now... Um, we watched a few football games this week. In fact, Matthew turned, one was on last night or something, and Kim goes, oh, another football game. <laughs> but uh, we watched TCU uh, do it. Man, it was awesome. We were pulling for Baylor to do it. Not as awesome. Uh, it was hard. Um, you know, so... Uh, but the deal is, on those, those guys that do that stuff, they are 
high-level elite athletes. And you don't just, you can't just, you know, Gene got it in his head like, hey, I'm going to go play with those guys. Not a good idea. <laughs> Not a good idea for anybody in the room. <laughs> um, and maybe Houston. <laughs> Houston actually might could do that. But nobody else. <laughs> but, uh, you know, five weeks ago today, the fossils and the whippersnappers were playing football. I had not been training going into that game. I had not been exercising discipline in my life with regard to running. And so Ross Connor said, set, hut, and I took one hard step off my right calf forward and it popped. And I went, like a sniper shot me, and fell down on the ground, was rolling around. That's because I wasn't training, you know? And, and so there's an issue of training here, of spiritual training, that as we're going into this new year, we want to be people that aren't pulling calf muscles just because we try to pray or just because we try to read the Bible or try to worship a little. We want to, we want to be people that discipline ourselves so that this is a lifestyle that we can live and that we want to be people that are growing and being conformed to the image of Christ. And so... Spiritual disciplines are just ways that we, that we kind of lift weights in the spirit, you know, the, that we, we do things that help get us in shape. And so worship, being in community together, going to life group, all of those things are spiritual disciplines. Reading, reading the Bible, having, spending time with Jesus, things that we've been talking about already this morning, trying to make a goal of abiding in Christ throughout the day. You know, walking in the Spirit, being sensitive to God. All of those are disciplines that we want to grow in that, that grace of following God in that way. And so, uh, Todd already mentioned it, but I want to say one word, um, excuse me, just about prayer and fasting. Because fasting is one of those things, we're doing that Thursday through Sunday lunch, and we want, man, just everybody as much as possible. I get testimonies year after year after years. We've done this for, I don't know, more than a decade for sure. And there'll be somebody that will say, you know, I did that for the first time and it really impacted me. I didn't know that I could go any time without food, without just dying, you know. And um, so, but the point isn't, I mean, if you can go the full time without food and just have juice and water, that's great. If you have a health concern, talk with your doctor. Um, but if you could just do a meal with us occasionally or Maybe it's media, but as, as much as we could, if we could have everybody jump in, it's just something about putting a stake in the ground and saying, Lord, and here's what you do. When you get hungry and you're going, why am I doing that? this, which you're going to do if you participate in this, you will go, why am I doing this? And it's, Lord, it's because I want you. I want to know you. I want my mind to be shaped by you. I want my thoughts and actions. And you know what? What I've found over the years, talk about this whole empowering to say no, I've found that in my own life, if I can say no to food or something like that, something that's just, just a normal part of life, if I can say no to that, I can say no to other evil, dark things over here. It empowers me in my no muscles. In my no muscles. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but, but hopefully you see, it's just, it strengthens us. It empowers us. And God just uses discipline, things like that, doesn't mean you're, it's not saved or not saved. It's just 
Growing in grace. Grow, sanctification. It's, it's a way we, we respond to God and say yes to Jesus. And, and doing it corporately, it's just a cool way of having a little bit of encouragement. It encourages me to know that James is going to be praying and fasting too. Like, uh, I want salsa. I want a burger. I want In-N-Out. We've been doing In-N-Out lately. I want that with the animal stuff and those little chili peppers. By the way, don't have conversations like this when you're fasting. It's not a good plan. One time we had a brainstorming session of all the stuff we wanted to eat. <laughs> so, everybody tracking on that? Disciplines, spiritual disciplines. So this year, just wrapping this up here, uh, we're all going to be making choices, yes and no's, throughout the whole year. And we want to calibrate ourselves right now to, to making the right choice. Jesus, yes to Jesus in His life, no to things that take us away from His life, that pull us, just that create uh, conflict in our hearts with God. We want, to, we want to walk with Him. And I started with this thought, and I want to finish it. What... Ross and Ashley, what do you want to see happen at the end of 2015? What are just some key areas relationally or with kids or, or with work or just breakthroughs in God, just growth? And those kinds of conversations are conversations that we all want to be having right now at the beginning of the year. It's a great time to be thinking about it. What do you want to see happen? Are there things that we want to see Done? Is there giving? I mean, it's a great opportunity to think about, you know, is there giving goals that we want to have for 2015? Saving goals, those kinds of things, being good stewards of our money, those kinds of opportunities. And the way forward is to continue to treasure Jesus in all things, to make Him the number one priority in all of life, in all of our relationships, in all of work, in everything. And God's going to use that for just releasing more of who He is through us in our city and in the nations of the earth.